Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Sunday morning. Roshini Rajkumar here along with Dr. David Hilden. And it is Easter for those of you who celebrate. Happy Easter. And our gift to you today is a bonus open line show Dr. Hilden will take any and all questions. Happy Easter, Doctor. Hey, thanks, Roshini. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter to everybody. Happy uh, Passover for those of you uh, who are in what I believe is the final day of Pesach or Passover. So to our, 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 our Jewish listeners, I hope it's been a good eight days for you. And for uh, for those of you getting up early on a Sunday morning for Easter, happy Easter to you. And I'm hoping you are finding some time to uh, uh, have a good uh, Holy Week for um, our Christian friends. And so we are going to do an open line show today. And I know many of you uh, are up anyway. Some of you are making your Easter breakfast. Some of you are just making your coffee. Whatever it is you are doing today, I hope it's a good day for you. And I hope we can help you out with some of your healthcare questions at the same time. Yeah, and to remind everyone of the numbers, and we do have some calls already coming in, 651-989-9226. I always promise we'll get to you. If you call us, we'll do our best to get to your text, 651-989-9226. And then coming up next week, April 11th, we'll talk about COVID fatigue. Chances are, though, Dr. Hilden, we'll get some COVID questions today. I would imagine we will, Rashidi. And I'm really looking forward to next week's show. Um, I've, I've asked one of my colleagues and one of the premier psychiatrists in the region, Dr. Eduardo Colon, to join me and you, Rashini. And we're going to talk about some of the things that are, I think we, we've, we've touched on, but I would like to talk about in more depth. How is this affecting this whole pandemic, affecting our mental health? Because I think we all know some, somewhere deep down in our gut, it's not helping us. It is, it is really, uh, there are all kinds of consequences of a year of a pandemic, all kinds of consequences for our children, for um, all of us, as we've not been able to connect with each other, at least not in usual ways. And, and so Dr. Cologne, who is a, who's a recurrent guest on our show, I don't think I've had him on for over a year, but he is um, one of my favorite people who work in Hennepin Healthcare and is just insightful about mental health issues. And he explains things so well. So you're going to want to tune in next week to uh, Dr. Cologne and hear us uh, hear our conversation about COVID fatigue and our mental health. In the meantime, this morning, whatever you've got on your mind, it might be about COVID, might, might be about uh, 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 some other medical problem that you have or some other question that you have. And uh, we're going to do that in our open line show this morning quick break. We'll come back. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We'll be right back after this break. We are back on Healthy Matters. 
Dr. David Hilden and Roshini Rajkumar with you on this Easter Sunday morning. Phone lines are open. It is an open line Sunday. We will take all your questions. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. And John is calling from my new favorite city in Wisconsin, Wanderous, Wisconsin. Hi there, John. Hello. Uh, a question. Has there been a study done on warfarin like the one done on aspirin, and what were the results? Hi, John. Thank you for your question. Um, well, there, there's different. There's not one that's done a, a study comparing them exactly because they're for two different purposes. Warfarin is a blood thinner, and so it really thins your blood by inhibiting your body's ability to make a clot. And so it is used for things like people with heart valve problems or people with atrial fibrillation and a few other things as well. Aspirin is not a, it, it's sort of like a, a, a blood clot inhibitor, but it really just affects your platelets. So it really works very, very, very differently. We have people take aspirin to help prevent a heart attack um, if you've already had one. And so they're really for two different things. So um, the, the best advice I can give is to find out what you're taking them for. If you're taking warfarin for, for uh, atrial fibrillation or for a heart valve, you need to keep doing that because aspirin doesn't do that very well at all. And so I would uh, um, never stop your warfarin without talking to your doctor first. And certainly don't just substitute aspirin for warfarin because they are very different medications. And on, on the trivial comment of the day, if you want to know the worthless trivia, because I love worthless trivia, warfarin stands for W-A-R-F-A-R-I-N, warfarin. The first four letters stand for Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation. And since you're calling from Wisconsin, John, the, the medication warfarin was indeed invented in Wisconsin. That's your trivia for today. Wow. Well, if you, you really brought that <laughs> home for us today, Dr. Hilden. I love that. Um, let's it's, see. it's early, but we're trying here. <laughs> yes. Let's see if Patty can top that. She's calling in from Minneapolis. Good morning, Patty. Hi. Good morning. Um, my question is about COVID and my son's family. Um, He's got two kids um, that are college and high school age, and he and his wife, and none of them have been been vaccinated. Now, my granddaughter has gotten COVID, and my daughter-in-law has, but my grandson and my son don't have COVID, and I'm wondering if they can still, while they're in the quarantine, if they can still get a vaccine at this yeah, Patty, thank you for the question. And indeed, they can get the vaccine. And so what you're describing is so common. We have multi-generational families, people with um, college-age kids um, who are very much at home right now. A lot of college kids are at their homes. Some of them have had COVID, some of them have not. And, uh, and so, yes, they can get their vaccines. We're often telling people that if you, um, if you, had COVID, you don't need to get it right away, the vaccine, because you've got some protection for a month or two or three or who knows how long, actually. But 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 yes, all of the people in your son's family can go ahead and get that vaccine. The only reason I wouldn't get the vaccine is if they've had another vaccine within two weeks. You do want to separate your vaccines for other things um, by two weeks. But otherwise, go for it. They, sh- they should get it. All right, Marianne on the line from Maplewood. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. 
My husband and I are in our 70s. We're fully vaccinated, and over the two weeks that we have to wait, can we have unvaccinated, like, adult daughter over and her son, who's an adult also, and do to our apartment? And do we wear masks with them then? Um, they wear masks. We all wear masks. That's my main question. Yeah, Marianne, you are in a, a situation when you can start doing that, what you're suggesting. You can have other adults over to your house. Here's a few things to think about. Number one, I would keep it to adults who are not at high risk if they are not vaccinated. The risk is no longer to you so much, but to the unvaccinated adult who's visiting you. And if they are high risk, meaning they have a high risk medical condition, there maybe they have diabetes or heart or lung disease, or maybe they're a fairly heavy person because obesity is a risk factor, they should not come over. But if they're not high risk, other adults can indeed, or even younger people can even, they can come over to your house. You don't have to wear a mask. It's recommended. So if you are in your home and you're sitting far apart, it's okay if, um, to have a, a few people over, even if they're unvaccinated, as long as you are. So it's sort of, um, it's, 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 uh, where it, I, I don't, I wouldn't go from all of the, the safety things we've been doing, like masks and social distancing, to just nothing, um, and just f- fling open the doors. Do it um, sort of gradually. In other words, wear masks if they're high risk. Uh, otherwise, I think you should be okay. Uh, with just a small group of people at your house, you can take your masks off. We have a lot of calls coming in, but I want to get this text to you from CJ in Champlin. CJ says, I texted last week about what we suspected was gout in my husband's toe. Test confirmed it, but it's difficult to find consistent diet information to prevent attacks. Any suggestions? Yeah, thank you for that. Gout can hurt so bad, and it, it, it can recur, and it is related to somewhat the things you do in your diet. People think that perhaps... Um, uh, it, it comes from amino acids in some of the foods you eat. And so we tend to tell people to avoid heavy meaty things like red meat and and uh, and other kinds of a lot of meat isn't a good idea. We tell people to avoid beer, believe it or not. Um, and so that that's a bummer for a lot of folks. But I would go to the CDC site, cdc.gov, and just Google gout. Um, and that will give you a, a, a list of things to avoid. Probably, however, if you have um, a really bad occurrence of gout, you should take a medication because even people who, who reduce the, the dietary sources that's going to lead to gout, sometimes their uric acid levels in their bloodstream are just very high and you just can't do it with diet. And there are very effective medications to lower your uric acid. If you get more than one episode of gout, I would suggest you go on a medication for that, and any of your primary care doctors can take care of that for you. All right, we'll remind people on this open line Sunday, 651-989-9226. I promise we'll get to you if you call us. We will try our best. If you text us, Elaine is on Brooklyn Park. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to encourage any listeners that start to get unusual abnormal symptoms that they've never had before, not to give up. About four years ago, I experienced abnormal, unusual symptoms. They weren't disabling, but I knew something was wrong. I saw two different eye specialists. I saw an internist, and they all said I had allergies. 
I said, I've never had an allergy in my whole life. I'm 78. I decided to go to an allergist after two hours of testing. He walked in the room. He was seasoned in his 60s, and he said, Elaine, you are not allergic to anything, but I think you have thyroid issues. And I said, thyroid issues? And he said, yes. I pursued it at the University of Minnesota. I had a hyperactive thyroid. Thank you, um, Elaine, for your um, question. I, uh, um, I I agree with what you said, and I think I think what you were describing is that you were trying to figure out. Um, I'm not exactly sure what symptoms you were having, but thyroid problems are relatively common. And so um, I agree with your statement that you started your call with, where you said, if you are having symptoms that are new for you, don't give up. That is good advice. So if whatever your symptoms might be, and in your case, I think you thought you had some eye symptoms and probably some other things, uh, you can get those in older age. And um, there's a couple famous people, both former President George H.W. Bush and the First Lady Barbara Bush, to my knowledge, had hyperactive thyroid problems. I might be wrong on that one, but I'm going for trivia today, this morning on the show, I guess. And so don't give up, indeed. Continue to tell your doctor your questions and, and until you can get some good answers. We don't have answers for everything, but we can usually find out some things to help you. Okay, Dr. Hilden, we have just about a minute or so before we go to break. So I'm going to get in a quick question for you that I posted on Twitter this morning. What's better for us, white or brown eggs? Oh, I don't think there's a difference. Um, uh, uh, now, this one's a good question that I'm not going to have an answer to, but I don't believe there's a difference. I don't think I've had a white egg for ages, and maybe that's just the brand I buy down at my local Minneapolis grocery store. Um, I do think a good idea in your food products is to find things that aren't processed, and I also think that uh, um, in all kinds of farming, look for places that are doing sustainable farming that's humane. And so I generally buy eggs that are from farms that do just that. I know they're more expensive, but I don't think the color of the egg matters. But I so could be wrong So when you say that process too, we want to get away from those egg beaters and use the real eggs. I would get away from anything that has ingredients on the package that you or your grandmother wouldn't have recognized. And if there's <laughs> a bunch of words on there you don't recognize, maybe stick to a real egg. Very, very good advice. All right, we have calls waiting. We have lots of texts. 651-989-9226 on this open line Sunday of Healthy Matters. We have to take a quick break and then more. We are back. Healthy Matters brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare. Rashini Rajkumar with you along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. Happy Easter to those who celebrate lots of calls and text. But, Doc, we have a couple messages about that egg question. Um, one listener is saying the only difference is the color of the shell. The contents of the egg are the same. Learned that at the state fair. And then your very own Christine Hill from Hennepin Healthcare says, says eggs from happy, healthy, cage-free hens, no matter what color, better for us, and the hens who produce them. So that was quite the question, Doc. I like that question because I've often thought that myself. Does it make any difference? And I, I like to be, uh, I like those answers. And for those of you who uh, maybe don't know who Christine Hill is, for 13 years, Christine Hill has been my sidekick and partner at Hennepin. She is the behind the scenes person that helps me get this show going each week from the hospital system. So I love it. I love your answer, Christine, too, because 
I like the idea of maybe I'm nostalgic or something of chickens running around uh, cage free and roaming, and that's the eggs I buy too. But the color of the shell doesn't matter. The only thing the color color of the shell matters is that you can't do Easter egg coloring with the brown ones. But I think that that's a small price to pay. Get the get get good sustainable eggs. <laughs> and Christine sent her message in on Twitter, which reminds us you can connect with Dr. Hilden and me on Twitter all week. Dr. Hilden tweets at Dr. That is D R. David Hilden, and I'm at Rashini R. So feel free to get us your questions or comments during the week by way of Twitter. Rod is on from Richfield. Good morning, Rod. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Say, um, <clears throat> they're talking about, you know, this COVID-19 might not be the last of what we've seen, that there might be other things coming down the road. Is it viruses that they're talking about that we could uh, have happen to us again? Yes, Rod. Thank you for the question. And I, yes, uh, this is not the last of it. Um, this is not the last uh, big outbreak of something what we've seen. The I wouldn't. I'm a little surprised it took this long. Um, and and the ones that are particularly scary are the viruses that travel in respiratory infections, uh, because we've seen what happens. These things can travel just across the whole planet in just a matter of days and weeks because we live in a different world than we did uh, 100 or 200 years ago when it was pretty hard to get uh, across the planet. It's not so hard now. And so they travel extremely quickly. And our life, uh, the human family's life is such that we interact with people in ways that we never did before. So an infection on the other side of the world can infect us here in the Midwest of the North America. So I think there will probably be future viruses that will lead to infections. Hopefully not as bad as this one, but it's possible. The one good news is that I've never seen anything like the response to this virus in the form of medical science. This vaccine is, a, is a, akin to a, a moon landing, in my opinion, in medical science. So hopefully we'll be able to respond. What I, my last comment about that is, though, that our medical science can't fix a pandemic. What uh, The medical community, what we need is public health infrastructure. So I'm an, an enormous fan, and I think we all should demand of our elected leaders that they invest in public health. And so that's where I'll leave right. it. Thanks for that great yeah. question. Many calls coming in, 651-989-9226. Get them in before we have to go today. Catherine is on the line from Blaine. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, Rashini and Dr. Hilda, and I really appreciate it and I love your show. Okay, so my question has to do with the mutations, especially the B117. Um, I have, I've heard that people that, people that have had COVID have gotten it more than once. Now, is that a different mutation or can you kind of allude to that, please? I would appreciate that. Catherine, you've hit on some of the things that we are thinking about and don't have all the answers to. It is true that you can get COVID later after already have had it. We just don't know how quickly can you get it. Probably not within a few months because your immune system's pretty good. 
but it is likely that people will be able to get it again. And it is probably because the virus changed or mutated. And the, and the virus can only mutate if it is living in a human person, a, a person. It doesn't mutate just sitting on your countertop. It dies if it's not in a living host. And so that's why it is so important that we all give, um, take away the virus's um, host, take away susceptible people. And we do that by getting vaccinated. But what will happen is that as long as there are people getting infected, not just in our own hometowns, but across the world. As long as people somewhere in the world are getting infected, the virus can mutate. And that is what has happened to the B117 uh, mutation. And um, maybe even more con concerning is the, this uh, B1351, which is going to be uh, something coming down the road. So Yes, the virus will mutate, it will change, and we'll have to continue to probably get booster vaccines, either with the same vaccines we have now, or perhaps they'll have to develop new vaccines, and we'll probably be getting them every year. That's my prediction. Okay, Debbie is on the line from Ogilvy. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Um, I have a question, Dr. Hilden, about gallbladder. I've been suffering from pain under my um, right rib and into my back. Only in the evenings, like at 5 o'clock and through the night, um, could that be my gallbladder? It could be. Uh, I can't say for sure, but your gallbladder is in your right upper abdomen, right under your rib cage area. And so if you are having pain, that kind of gallbladder pain, um, we call it colicky. If you want to Google the word colicky, colic, um, it's called biliary colic. And it is a pain that comes and goes. Sometimes people describe it as, I just can't get comfortable. I get this cramping pain. Sometimes women describe it as childbirth, but on a lesser scale. Uh, something like, because what, what, what gallbladder pain is, your gallbladder is squeezing and it's trying to squeeze out liquid out of a tube that is blocked by a stone. And so that's why it, 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 it comes and goes during the squeezes. It's sort of like a cramping pain. It can be under your rib cage. It can be even towards your back. Um, I do want to say, though, that especially in women, gallbladder pain can sometimes be misdiagnosed and it could be your heart. Um, uh, that's a weird thing to say, but if you're having upper abdominal pain or pain around your ribs, I want to make sure that you've looked into your heart, um, that it's not uh, some blockage of an artery. I wouldn't think you're probably having a heart attack, but you could be having angina, or uh, 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 which is pain from narrowed arteries in your heart. So I would just go have that looked at. It doesn't sound like an emergency, but what you're saying is a good thing to go have uh, checked out. Yeah, and a lot of women's heart illnesses are underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed, so that's a great reminder, Dr. Hilden. Helen is on the line from Mound. Good morning, Helen. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my question is about uh, cholesterol medicine and its effect on your joints, and I'm wondering if there's a connection and if you have joint pain and you're on cholesterol, what do you do? Helen, um, it is less common for the cholesterol medications to affect your joints. I'm not going to say never because you probably should never say never in medicine. Anything can happen with the human body. It is quite um, more common to have muscle pains with cholesterol medicines. Um, sort of a weird muscle ache, a muscle pain, a muscle cramp, a soreness. Uh, people describe it in lots of different ways. People don't describe joint pain as much with the cholesterol medicine. So I think that's pretty unlikely. 
Well, uh, again, not impossible. Uh, I, most of the cholesterol medicines people are on have, have another one to try. So what you can do is, with the help of your doctor or your other practitioner, um, find out if you could try a different cholesterol medicine and see if it gets better. I think it's not likely to, though. If you're having joint pains, far, far, far more likely that it's due to something like osteoarthritis, an inflammatory arthritis. So I would see your doctor and look into those conditions as opposed to your cholesterol medicine. All right, Henry is calling from Stillwater. Good morning, Henry. Morning. Um, I just had my second COVID shot, and it was Moderna. And my question has to do with the fact that I'm told that these shots are 90% effective. How do I know if I'm in the 90% or if I'm in the 10%? (laughs) how How do you know? Yeah, uh, I don't think you do, Henry. Uh, um, we don't. But um, I would I would say that 90% is better than almost anything else we do in medicine. People um, have the idea that I give you this pill and it's, gonna, it's got a 100% chance of making you better. Or I give you this flu vaccine, it's got a 100% chance of working. None of that is true. Uh, 90% is about as good as, as our uh, as humanity can do. There is almost nothing that good. So I think what you do is you get your vaccine and you go confidently into the world uh, um, and and go about living your business. And, and I think that I wouldn't worry about whether which group you're in. The other thing I would say, though, is that the vaccines are, 90, um, are virtually 100% effective at reducing your risk of the things that really matter. Will you be hospitalized? Will you get a serious infection? Will you die? nearly 100% effective at reducing those. And there is no evidence at all that people are dying from the vaccine. You'll hear about these cases that people think they did. That's not true. There's almost no evidence that people are having anything severely, uh, any reactions to the vaccine, and yet people are dying all the time of COVID. So go confidently. And that includes all the vaccines, the Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer. They're nearly 100% effective at preventing the things that we really care about. So get your vaccine and go confidently about your life. That's my suggestion. All right, we have more callers holding and lots of text, Doctor, for our last segment. We do have to take a break. If you want to get in your questions before we sign out for today, call us or text us, 651-989-9226. We are back, Easter Sunday edition of Healthy Matters. Open phone line, 651-989-9226. Jane has been patiently waiting from Eden Prairie. Hello, Jane. Hi. Hello. Yes, go right ahead. All right. I have a callus on the bottom of my foot, on my heel. And every time I step down, if I step down wrong, it's like a a thumbtack shooting up my uh, leg. What can I do to get rid of it? I've gone to a regular doctor and got um, liquid nitrogen shot up it. And now I'm going to a podiatrist and he scrapes some of the crystals off. What can I do? Yeah, um, Jane, I would. Uh, I don't think you need any more liquid nitrogen in there. They must have thought it was a wart. If it's a wart, go to a dermatologist. Um, they can do something about that. I would start out with your uh, some of the more uh, low-tech things like a pumice stone. It's basically a stone that's sandpaper, um, and you just rub it off. And, um, and I would start with that. 
go to a dermatologist. I think they can most help you with the skin overlying your heel. Uh, and they can shave off the excess tissue. It's just growth of your skin. And they can shave it off. They can offer creams. They can offer lotions. They can offer prescription things that will help. That would be my next step, a dermatologist. All right, Doctor, we have a lot of text. So unless we get other calls, I'm going to try to do a lightning round here in our remaining minutes. If you have any calls or text for us, call us at 651-989-9226. This person asks, can the doctor tell us what the vaccine contains? Does he know what it is made of? It is made of the active ingredient is messenger RNA, which is uh, not your RNA. It does not mess around with your genetic material. The other things are just fillers and processing things. There's a little bit of polyethylene glycol in there, which is a, a basically a laxative, um, but it is a very, very, very small amount. It's You can easily go online and find out what's in there, but it's all um, rather benign inert materials. Some people can have allergies to them, but so far there's been no significant um, adverse effects to any of the ingredients. This listener says, Happy Easter. Daughter is lactose intolerant, but anything with soy makes her nauseous. Soy, we heard, is not good to eat. True, question mark. Most things seem to have soy or soy lecithin. Can we? What can we do to help her find good-tasting foods that don't taste like plastic? That's a great um, question. I don't know that soy is not that good for you. There's a lot of salt in some things, and so you don't want to get too much salt. But soy products are actually thought to be relatively healthy. They have protein. They do add flavor. If you can't do that, I would go to a dietitian. Uh, They are so good at recommending foods uh, that are healthy and tasty because the options are so many. If you're lactose intolerant and if if soy doesn't work, there are almond milks. There are coconut um, products. There are all kinds of things. Um, with good spices and good uh, herbs. So I'd maybe go to a dietitian, uh, an RD, a registered dietitian. All right, Nancy is on the line for me, Dinah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, calling for a friend who is planning to drive three hours to get a Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Did I hear now that all dentists are able to give those and she doesn't have to think about that drive? <laughs> I don't know, Nancy, if all dentists um, can, but some certainly are. The key to getting this thing out fast is to get it to as many places as possible. And I know that some dental offices are giving the the vaccine, and the J&J one's a great one to do because it's just a one-time deal. So I strongly recommend if you can find it at a dentist, that's a great idea. You might want to go to the Minnesota Vaccine Connector, which is at the Minnesota Department of Health website, and that might be able to help you. Otherwise, call your dentist and see, and if they have it, get it there. All right. Marilyn is calling from St. Louis Park. Good morning, Marilyn. Morning. Happy Easter. Thanks for taking my call. Good show. Anyway, I just recently heard that Pfizer guarantees the vaccine for six months, and I found that concerning. Is that true? I'm not aware of that, but I don't think Pfizer is probably going to guarantee anything. What they are suggesting is that it appears to be um, good for around that long, maybe not quite as long in some people, maybe significantly longer in other people. We just don't know yet because not enough time has passed. That's something that only time will tell. Okay, for our last couple of callers, I'll ask you to be brief. We're running up against the clock. Wendy is on the line. Hello, Wendy from Hopkins. Hi. Um, I was wondering, if I have gotten both shots, can I still carry the um can I still carry COVID and give it to other people? 
we think so, but it's maybe not as much as we used to think. In other words, we didn't know a few months ago, because even if you're vaccinated and you're not getting sick, do you have a little bit of the virus still in your nose? That is possible. The latest research is that, that the risk of that is greatly reduced, greatly, greatly, greatly reduced. So it's looking really promising that people who are vaccinated don't spread it nearly as much as those who weren't vaccinated. So that's great news. Nothing's perfect. But it's another compelling reason. Please get your vaccine because you were protecting your community because you're less likely to pass it on. All right, Carol from Little Canada, you're our last caller this morning. What do you got? I have a deep, deep, painful itch in my great toe and the ball of my foot. Where do I go? Where do I start? Yeah, good question, Carol. Um, it could be uh, a nerve that's getting pinched. It could be um, uh, getting pinched at the ball of your foot. That's what's causing it. It could be pinched even higher up. I would go to start out with maybe a foot doctor like a podiatrist or perhaps a neurologist with an N. They can handle some of those nerve problems. But you might want to start with a foot doctor because if they can see if there's something wrong with the, the anatomy, is there something wrong with your bones, um, the joints, are you walking on it funny? I think I would start with that. All right, this person says age 70 in St. Louis Park, have not been able to get the vaccine. Who do I call? Yeah, you should be able to now. It is everywhere. Come down to Hennepin Healthcare. We'll help you out. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, go to the vaccine connector at the Minnesota Department of Health. But uh, there are so many places now in the next few weeks that I'm sure you'll be able to get one in the next few weeks. Um, look for some of the public health places. There's sites all over Minnesota. Go to Minnesota Department of Health. That's my best advice there. All right, quick text question. What is bursitis? How is it treated? Bursitis is an inflammation of little friction-reducing sacs all over your body. There's one in your hip. There's one in your knee. There's one on your elbow. And if it gets inflamed, it, um, you get bursitis. So you, if, uh, you can try anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, or if it's really bothering you, go into your primary care doctor and they can help you out. All right, Dr. Hilden, how do people reach you during the week before next Sunday's show? Yep, check me out at Twitter, Dr. David Hilden, Dr. David Hilden. That's my Twitter account to look for all kinds of things there. Also, check us out at Hennepin Healthcare at uh, um, hennepinhealthcare.org. Our clinics are open downtown. It's safe. There's underground parking. The place is vibrant. It's open. Patients are coming down to see us. Uh, so go to hennepinhealthcare.org. Or the phone number is easy, 612-873-MY-MD, 612-873-6963. And we look forward to seeing you down at Hennepin. Um, and again, Dr. David Hilden's my Twitter account. Yeah, it is very, very easy to reach all of the health professionals at Hennepin Healthcare. Next Sunday, April 11th, COVID fatigue is the topic. I know we did not get to everyone's text questions today. Uh, drop Dr. Hilden a, a tweet during the week. You can also tweet me at Rashini R on Twitter. Uh, and then bring your questions back. Call us. I always will get to the callers every Sunday. And uh, meantime, Dr. Hilden, happy Easter to you. Enjoy your week. Uh, signing out. Make it a healthy week until next Sunday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.